This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, I have my man, Evans. Jean, I gave him the soft end as best I could on the end. <laughs> he is from One Way Insurance Group. Where are you from, Evans? I mean, I know where you're from originally, but where are you guys at now? I completely missed it. Delaware. Oh, wow. You see Biden more than D.C. does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Delaware, man. Yeah, that's the, only po- that's the only political comment I'll make all day. But anyhow, listen, man, I wanted to have Evans on here because, well, two things. Number one, Kyle's not here. I can't have too much sexy on one episode or too much beard. And I got both with this guy. So I gave Kyle the day off. But, <laughs> you know, you you guys have been popping up on social. I sit back. I'm a silent stalker. I, I watch a lot of what goes on in, and I have seen that you and your wife, and I think it's absolutely amazing that your wife's involved in what you're doing, but you guys have sort of come onto the scene here in the last couple of years. And it looks like you've got a lot of good things going, not, not just in insurance, right? You've got other stuff you're doing and I just want to hear about it want to hear have my audience hear about it and chat with you and see you know kind of what's going on and what you have planned you know for the for the future because i can tell you that if you continue to expand your reach the way you have the last couple of years you're gonna be mr big time man (laughs) well man i can't i I can't take i can't take the credit man like it's it's all it's all my wife man like i i wish i could take the all the credit um she's the one that uh, brand us like uh, as as the company she's the one that's behind the scene um everything that you that you see in social media she's the one um she's the one and um we live been, with one i live with one of those too mad like she's she's a rock star she's a rock star and um and she run everything uh, i'm just I, I usually tell people that i'm i'm the face of the of the company and she run every everything else no um but uh it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing working with her. Um, it's funny how we both are in the in- insurance industry. It's it's funny how it, it, it just it work it work out. It work out. Not everybody um, that you see their spouse are in the insurance industry doing the same thing. But for me, I've I've been blessed. I've been blessed uh, working with my wife. So take me back a little bit, man. Talk to me about what led you to get to where you're at now, and you go back as far as you want because I know that you're Haitian by descent. And I'm assuming yep. that you actually are, are immig- you have immigrated from Haiti at this yep. point, right? Cause I, 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 I'm, I'm picking up, you know, that's not a South Alabama accent. No, it's not. <laughs> that's a, that's the, that's the Island uh, accent. So. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Um, I came here when I was about 12 years old. So this month would make me about 20. I've been in the state for 20 years. Uh, and it, it was, it was different. Now, coming from a, a small country and coming here where I had to adapt to the culture, to the weather, to the language. Um, so it was it was something it was hard for me as, as a young as a young kid coming to this country, because you got to realize back home. We didn't have no light. 
Now there's no there's no light back home. Like there's there's a lot of resource that I didn't have back home. So when I came here, I remember when I first came here and um because my mom flew us to New York City from Haiti to New York City. And I like the building. When I saw those buildings, I was like, man, I never seen nothing like that. It was like heaven. It was like heaven, man. Like it's it's I can't explain it, man. It's, it's, it was like heaven, man. Uh, and while coming, while I understand that the entire island is not that way, there are parts of Haiti that I would argue are also similar to heaven, right? I've been yes, to them. Yes, um, yes. You know, and it's kind of it's you know, it, I think that a lot of the times, I don't know, this is a weird comment to make, but you know, we've been on a bunch of cruises. Um, we vacationed mm-hmm. in the Caribbean and stuff. I I, I think that um, we're all the same, man. We're all similar to mm-hmm. a certain degree. It's just that when you're when you're in an area like a, a Caribbean island, Haiti, or you know any of the number of the other ones, one of the things you hear a lot about is the poverty, the crime, and things that that happen. And I think that that's way more magnified when you're in an island setting because you've only mm-hmm. got so much geography that you can be in. And so I just I feel like, you know, when it's funny for you to say, you know, you go to New York and New York is like heaven because New York City is very much a special place in a really cool big city. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I would ever classify New York City as heaven. I would you would get me to classify Haiti as heaven before New York City, probably. <laughs> but you know, my my question to you is, you know, talk to me about the snow, man. I mean, you didn't have you didn't have that in Haiti, and you just got thrown into the you got thrown into the pressure cooker, man. I mean, they could have at least taken you to you know Miami or here in Tampa or someplace and let you start you know gradually getting accustomed to it. You know, aside from going all the way up to Maine or someplace like that, you you went from being in paradise to being in really, you know, seasonal weather, which I'm a fan of, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I live in Florida. I'm happy to live in Florida. Love being warm most of the year. Although I did wake up this morning, I'm taking my older two boys on a, a, a guy's road trip to Atlanta this weekend. And when I woke up this morning, Atlanta was 60 and, and where I live in Tampa was only 47. So I, I still haven't figured out how that works out. But, um, you know, for you to go all the way up there and get all four seasons, I mean, just even having trees that change colors and lose their leaves and stuff. Those are things that we take for granted every day. You know, we walk in just like I think that there's a lot of people in the island nations that have all of that beauty in, in, in they take that for granted. I don't want, I don't want to say take for granted, but it's like, you just get used to it. You sort of get numb and immune. Mm-hmm. And even for me, leaving, living in Tampa and being able to go up North anytime at all in the fall and get the color change and just, just a little bit of that cold weather is really still a, a fun experience. It, it is man. Like, so like you say, some people take it for granted. Like, cause I remember like when I first, when I first came here, like it was during the winter time. And when I left, I had a I had a T-shirt, a jean, <laughs> like no jacket, no nothing. Like I was in my well, my mom wasn't even prepared for us. Like she didn't she didn't let us know. Uh, so when I got to the to to the airport and we went out, I like what the I like what what is going on? It was like snowing because it was back in like early, early January. So it was already snowing already. And the first time I, I saw snow, it was like crazy. Like, oh, what is this thing? Like, what is this ice thing? Because I like I like back home, like I I would see the snow on, on TV. Sure. But like sure, like seeing it in real in real life, it was something else, man. As a as a young kid, man, like it's like you live in you live in the dream. No, so it was like a, a it was a great experience, man. Like I, I can say, man, it was a great experience. Um, so yeah. So talk talk to me about your rock star wife, man. Did y'all know each other when you were, you know, growing up, or do you met when you came here? We actually met because my wife, she's from the Bahamas. So she was born in the okay. Bahamas. So I was born in Haiti. She was born in Bahamas. She's Haitian because her parents is Haitian. Dude, so you're two I- more. You're two stops away from a <laughs> from a Royal Caribbean cruise. I mean, <laughs> yes. you got the Bahamas in Haiti because because Royal Caribbean's got Labadee right there. That's their private yep. island in Haiti. Yep. Yep. That's um, funny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so when we met, we actually met in college. Uh, we met in we met in college. Uh, this is when I decide to go back to after high school. I didn't go to college, but a couple of years I went back to uh, college and, and I met her. And that was the that was the 
biggest blessing, man. That was the biggest blessing. Cause yeah, there was a reason it, you went back to college, back, right? Man, it, it was, man. It was, man. You just didn't know what it was. It was I didn't know, man. I just made the decision going back, and I didn't. I didn't finish. I didn't finish. I I went there for a purpose. And when I met her, man, like those like it's like God was God was waiting for me to meet my wife, because at that time I was going through a lot of a lot of failure. No, a lot of a lot of failure in life. When I met her, man, doors start open, blessings start coming, man. It was like it, she was like a, a, a angel sending from heaven, man. So she's like, for like right now, like after I could say after God, like the person that I am today is 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 a, because of my wife, man. So there's a funny story. I'm I can't remember which book I read it in. I've I've read so many just different books by different people at this point. The the one bad part about that is you forget where you read stuff. I need to do a better job of like highlighting and writing down and things like that. But um, I wouldn't have done that with this anyhow, because it was more of a story, but there, there's a story about when um, George Bush senior George HW Bush was president. He and his wife were driving across Texas for something. Um, I mean, obviously in the presidential motorcade or whatever, they had to get gas. And so they stopped at this gas station and you know what? No, I take that back. It was after he was president because they were in their own vehicle. There's no way that the motorcade is going to stop at a gas station. So I already got Mm -hmm. it wrong. Anyhow, work with me, people. Bush and his wife are in the in a car. They had to get gas. They stop at a gas station and a guy comes out. It's a full service gas station. A guy comes out to pump the gas and I guess Barbara needed something inside and she needs to get out and she goes to get out. And this guy recognizes her and they give and he gives her a big hug and they get caught up. They said, how are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like any other man, you know, where George is looking over his shoulder, trying to figure out who's this guy that, you know, is is hugging on my wife. They know each other is a little weird. And so they they get the gas in the car. She gets back in. They They pull off and they're driving down the road. And he said, you know, honey, it's kind of weird that you knew that guy so well. And, and I, I didn't, you didn't introduce me and, and I'm just interested. Who is that? And she goes, well, that was, that was my high school sweetheart. That was my high school boyfriend. Wow. And George Bush says, this is the best part of the whole story. Bush says, well, it's a good thing you married me because you could have ended up being married to a guy pumping gas for a living. And she looked at him and said, Oh no, honey, you have it all wrong. If I'd have married him, he'd have been president. <laughs> ooh, ooh. So I put a lot of stock in that man and I think that there's a lot of people out there who don't um who don't realize how much that spousal support at home and at work matters mm-hmm. and what it does for you you know I've I've been pretty vocal about it um you know I was leaving the insurance industry six and a half years ago I was done I was burnt out. I was over with it. I, you know, I had had a good run as a producer, um, went into another agency with two partners and just, it was not a good situation for all involved. I don't cast any blame on any one more than the other. We should have never been partners and it was just a weird situation. And I left and I was leaving. I was so angry, so upset and I was not going to do anything. I had job offers to go work in marketing. It's some well-known brands, um, local here, well, well-known national brands, but they were, they're local to us. And, um, you know, my wife is the one when I was, I told her, I said, I've got three really good offers here, honey. Which one, which one do you think I should take? And she said, why are you even looking at any of them? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, because for the last eight years, I have listened to you talk about all of the things you would do if you had the ability to be in control. Everything that you would would change, the the the, tech, the where you would spend money, where you would hire people, where you would take risk to make the business jump to the next level. And that's one of the problems. My partners were both uber conservative people who weren't going to do that. And so you've got a dead business right out of the box. I mean, it grew, but it never grew at where it could could have grown. And she said, why don't you just shut up, quit crying about it and go open your own agency and do everything you've been complaining about for the eight years and you'll be massively successful. And so I did like 10 minutes later, I had an agency license and an FEIN number. And, you know, the thing is, this is where I think a lot of people, you know, at least men, I I can comfortably say Mm -hmm. this because I've had this conversation with some friends, but 
you know, we let our ego get in the way too much, man. We, we let the male true. ego, Very true, way, you know, we, we have to be king of the mountain. We have to be the one who had the idea, the smartest one in the room. But from, from my perspective, where I let my ego get in the way probably wasn't necessarily a bad thing as much as it was. It was just getting in the way. And, and my problem was I didn't want to go start a new scratch agency because I didn't want to put my family at risk. I didn't want my wife to have to worry about if we were going to have money for groceries or if we were going to make the house payment or any of this other stuff. And I certainly didn't want to put my kids in that position. And so, um, you know, and don't get me wrong. My wife has an outstanding job. I would love to bring her into the agency and I will at some point that will Mm -hmm. happen. Um, but you know, she just basically said, look, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, you you know, I've got a great job. We're not going to be missing out on anything. You go do what you need to do and I'll go do what I need to do. And so we did. And, and, you know, I will tell you that from a male ego standpoint, the thing that I think was the negative and all of that is at a real hard time, not being the breadwinner in the house. You know, I had a Mm -hmm. real hard time knowing that, if a business trip needed to happen, that I wasn't the one taking it. It was my wife that was taking it. And I was staying behind with the kids to mm-hmm. make sure that they were cared for and everything. And, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people have, I mean, I know this because they've said it to me. They're like, man, where, where were you three, four, five years ago? You came out of nowhere talking about me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm been around for 20 years doing the same thing. But the thing that happened to me why I have the podcast, why we started killing commercial and all of that was COVID. When my wife couldn't travel for, I had always told her, um, I told her, I said, listen, if you can ever not travel, if you can ever not have, have me be beholden to constantly being in town and also making, you know, being able to work my normal work hours because I was having Mm. to drop kids off, pick kids up. And I got four kids, man. Mm. And I had four kids in four places. So it wasn't like I was just taking them one place. I wasn't getting my day started until two and a half, three hours after I should have. And I was having to stop it a couple hours early to go back and run the, the loop in reverse. And I told her, I said, if, if, if it ever came to be that you just wanted to take the gamble and you let me go do my thing, I will not only earn 10 or 15 X mm-hmm. what I'm earning right now, but you'll never have to work again. And that's a tough decision to make, you know, yep, it it's is. a really tough decision to make because she does make really good money and she would be walking away from that. But then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, she had no choice. She couldn't travel anymore. And what started happening people, we, we had time to actually, I had time to start really, focusing inwardly on what we were doing in maximizing our technology to be able to do business with people because we couldn't do it in person anymore. And then, you know, we started the, started this podcast coming out of COVID. I started my commercial ecosystem online coming out of COVID. And while a lot of people were affected negatively by COVID, it's the best thing that ever happened to my business because it forced it forced a situation that, quite frankly, our human minds would have never allowed to happen because we wouldn't have. I'll take risks, man. Don't get me wrong. I see yeah. your hat. I see your shirt. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a dream chaser. I'm a risk taker, and I'll tell anybody. I'll make a decision like that if I think it's going to do something good for us. And eight out of ten of them are bad. And I also know when I need to cut bait and move on. Yeah. And but the two that I make that hit hit big enough that I don't have to worry about what about the other eight because I'm going to more than make make up what I lost but you know I think that when we allow ourselves to get into positions where and look man I grew up in church I have faith mm-hmm. you know I don't have I don't have a, a I, I just feel like that's where it really gets tested man you know you really have to step yeah. back and say okay do I really 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 believe mm-hmm. in myself because yep. anybody can get up and say it and so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe in myself enough to tell her to quit her job and stay at home so that I could do what I needed to do. And COVID basically reached out and, and slapped me and said, okay, well, if you're not going to do it for yourself, I'm going to do it for you. She ain't going anywhere. And so for the last, you know, three years, almost she's not had the travel schedule and guess what? My business has flourished as a result of that. And it's not just because I'm here and doing what I need to do. It's because I have her home too. My yep. wife is my sounding board, man. She's the one person that I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt on the face of the earth gets me. She gets me at my best. She gets me at my worst. And she unequivocally supports every single thing I do, no matter how stupid it is, 
she supports me in doing it. And I, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm just like you. Anytime I get up and speak in public, she gets all the credit because she deserves it. She's the yep. one who has allowed me to do the types of things that I do. So all of that to say, you're in college, you meet your wife, you get out. Where does insurance fit into the picture? Like, how did how did that come in? You know, what I mean, there's got to be a million different things running through your mind that you can do. Man, it was it was not it was not on my plan. Man. It was not on my plan, man. Like, I um. Couple couple of years ago, I used to work for so I was doing two things. So I used to work for a security company. So I was I used to sell a security system, home security system. Tough racket, um, <laughs> but if you can do that, you can do insurance. Insurance. <laughs> so I was doing that, and also I had a side hustle on the on the side where uh, it was going to companies uh, and offer them employee benefits. It was an employee benefit, and the product that I I was selling, I didn't need no license. So it was now the, the, the company that I was doing it, the, I, I didn't need no license. But what I start realizing is that while I was working at that, that security company, I was like, I got to make a change. I got to find, because I want to help. How can I help more people? How can I help more business owners? So going through this employee benefit, this enrollment, what I start seeing, I start seeing other agents, other brokers coming in. And I was like, okay, how... How are they doing this thing? Like, how they it's doing time, it? So, it's time to put the bends and e-bends, man. <laughs> yes, man. I'm like, yo, how are they doing it? So I just I struck a conversation. They was like, okay, you have to be licensed. And I was like, okay, okay, no, no problem. So what I did is that um working at the security system, I put an application at Allstate. It was my first time uh knowing about Allstate and the insurance. So I put my application with Allstate. And I remember like the, the owner actually called me to do an interview with me. And the first thing that he asked me, he was like, what's your goal? How much money do you want to make? And I, and I could say, I could share that, which I was like, I want to make a six figures. And he was like, how are you going to do that? And I was telling him the, I was telling him the step, like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to help people. I'm going to help business owner and, um, and also have an investor invested in, in property and other stuff. And for some reason that shook him, he didn't give me the opportunity. So I, I hmm. stepped back and I was like, you know what? Let me, let me put another application with another, another uh, agency. And that, that agency that I put the application with another Allstate, uh, another Allstate broker, she gave me the opportunity. Uh, she gave me the opportunity, did the interview, killed the interview. And she was like, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to get your license. You have to go to the school. So she told me all the steps. So it was up to me to pay for the license, to go to the class. And I made some sacrifice just to go to the class because the class was about two weeks. It was not online. It was not online. Uh, so lied to my job. I lied to the security company saying that I was going, I was going back to Haiti. Um, I just need, because I had like family uh, member issue. Um, just to make the story short, went in there, took my license, took the class, but David, I gotta tell you, which I didn't know. People didn't tell me, like even her didn't tell me that that the the that test was hard. <laughs> so especially for me as a as a as a English. Yeah, they ain't giving language. it to you, and they're, they're not giving it to you in a native language either, man. It's gonna be you know not that you were young enough. You have you know you obviously speak English very English, very yeah. well. Yeah, but still, man, if you're not a test taker, that ain't the test you want to take. You know. Man. It, it just took me like it took me that test took me. It took me 11 times. I don't care. I'd hire you. To, yeah. To pass because this you never thing. Quit. You never quit 11 times. You didn't stop. Right. So nope. who cares how many times it took you? All that tells me is you're going to get knocked down 11 times, but you're going to get up 12. You know why I didn't quit? Because of my me. wife, because of my wife, she spent so much like she spent. She invested so much in me. That I couldn't, I couldn't quit. Like I, like I, you know how you somebody held you accountable. Like you can't, like yo, you gotta, like you gotta make this happen. So like I was, like I was all in when I got the license. Got I went to uh, working for Allstate. Um, but this is what I found out when I, I worked for Allstate is that as being a captive agent, I was limited. I, I was limited, man. Like, I was limited. Like people was coming to me, like I'm. Like I'm bringing myself in the community and all that stuff, but I, I was limited. I had some success, but I was limited until again, my wife who's been in the insurance industry on the independent side, 
She was like, why don't you come over to the independent side and see how, and see how it works for you? And that was another best decision ever, man. I listened to her and I'm telling you guys like. So she had the independent already when you were at Allstate. Got yeah, it. She, yeah, she's, she's been she's been the industry over going 15, almost 15 years now. Oh, wow. Good. For yeah. Her, so she, yeah. So she's been she's been doing that. Like, it's like that was not that was not my thing. But it just even though she was doing that, that was not my thing. My thing was like helping helping uh, uh, businesses. So I love doing that. Uh, but when she told me to come try the independent. I'm like, okay, like, let's give it a try. Let's give that, let's give it, when I did, man, it works. It, it works, man. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about your agency. What's your mix like there? I mean, are you personal, commercial, both? It's, we actually both. When we first, when we first started out, it was, um, it was, I would say 30, 30% commercial and 70, 70% personal line. Now it's, uh, it's, now it's six. So now like the bar changed where it's more commercial than personal line. So I would say about like 80% commercial and the 20% personal line. Cause when we first started, like we, we was heavily in personal line, um, but now it's, it's, it's commercial. Um, so what's so, that? Is that because you're going out and knocking on doors and, and networking in the community? I mean, basically doing what you did selling alarms, but now you're getting opportunities in insurance or, what, how, how are you generating that commercial? Op- I mean, obviously the dollar amounts are going to be bigger in commercial. So that makes, if you're looking at it as dollar as a percentage of revenue, then commercial should always be bigger. If you're writing, even if you wrote 50, 50 in policy counts, commercial is mm-hmm. going to be bigger, right? Bigger. Yeah. So, but but yeah. What, are you, what are you, what are you doing to generate the commercial activity that you have? Uh, commercial, the way, the way I generate myself is that I go out. So I go out and I ask my uh, client referral. Uh, I network, so I go to a lot of different different network uh, network event, different conferences. That's not in my industry. So, like one of my things, I love I love um, trucking. I love I love real estate investors. So, like these these stuff that I'm I'm going after. Like uh, I have some some um, some relationship on the manufacturing uh, relationship there. So I'm going after people that I have relationship with. Um, so, but now I want to take my let me let me go back. The reason that I went heavy in, in commercial is that by listening to your pod, by listening to oh, your geez. podcast, that's scary. By listening to your podcast, I'm Don't gonna let me be, do it I'm to you, be, man. No, I'm gonna be honest and real. By listening to your podcast, it changed my mindset because the way I was looking at this thing, I didn't know like insurance was it, the way people thought. The way I thought, like it was like a a small thing, but when I start listening to your podcast, man, it like it changed my mindset. One of the things that I could say it changed my mindset is like we usually talk about premium. But when I start listening to you, you was like, no, 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 no. Talk about uh, revenue because premium, you can't go to, 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 to the bank or to Walmart to buy grocery with premium. So it's all about revenue. So I like start listening, like the, my mindset changed and I, I went heavily on commercial because I'm listening man. to your podcast, man. So I, I want to appreciate you. I want to yeah, tell but you, you know, that. The thing is, is you're, and, and I'm, I'm not kidding you at all. Everything you have told me so far tells me that I would have brought you in as a producer in a heartbeat. You know, the fact that you don't quit when you're, when you're pushed, you know, to get past the test, but even the background that you had, the fact that you, you know, were selling alarms, that is not an easy job, man. And and I will tell you one of the best hires I ever made was a guy that showed up at seven o'clock to my house to sell me windows. Okay. I had just gotten in. I'd sat down to dinner. I wasn't even wearing a shirt, man. I was in my shorts and my flip-flops. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to the door. I answered it. And this guy starts in, didn't pay any attention to what I looked like. And I let him go. I let him go for like two or three minutes. And I looked at him and he goes, what do you think? I said, I think you could do so much better than going door to door, selling windows and doors, man. What are you doing? (laughs) I said, you just gave me an absolutely flawless sales presentation that it's obvious to me. You believe in, and that, you know, what's your schedule like next week? I want to take you to lunch, man, and show you how to make real money. You know, let me take Mm -hmm. you out and show you how to build residual income. And he looked at me, goes, well, what about the windows? I said, forget the windows, come to lunch, man. Let's go see what happens. So, the rest is history at that point, but I'll never forget that. I mean, I think that so many times agency principals are so caught up in the fact that they don't have the way to train people. They don't mm-hmm. have, 
you know, they just don't have the support system and they want somebody that they can hire to come in and immediately produce. And I made the commitment when I opened my agency because of how hard it was for me to get a job as a producer that Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to hire anybody with insurance experience to be a producer. I wanted to give good salespeople a clear path into this industry. And there's a lot of y'all agency principals out there that are still doing it the way that you've always done it. But that's why I'm getting better talent than you are. I'm not limiting myself to somebody who already has a license. I'm not limiting myself to somebody who's already, you know, selling or working a desk in the insurance industry. I want to find closers. I want to find openers and closers, period. I don't care what you're opening and closing for right now. I just want to know you can do it because I know that I can teach you our process here. I know that I can send you to the national Alliance and get a CIC designation and a CRM designation, or I can send you to the institutes to get the CPCU. If you want to go through that process, but what I can't do is teach you how to get up in the morning and attack Mm -hmm. your day with reckless abandon and know that you're not stopping until you hit the goal that you set for yourself. Not the goal I set for you, the Mm -hmm. goal you set for yourself. And I think that's the thing, man. You know, you've got the chops from 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 doing other things. And the other thing I like, by the way, is a side hustle. I've always got a side hustle. Yep. I could yep. be a multi-billionaire, and I can assure you, I'm gonna have a side hustle, man. Yep. Why do you think those guys are on the, the, the men and women are on Shark Tank? Same. They all have they have plenty of money. They could just got a bunch of side hustles hustle, at that yep. point. Yep. You know, but yep. I, I think that um that also shows creativity and resourcefulness for people because you know, the insurance industry, if you let it, can meet all the needs that you have, right? I don't I don't need a side hustle outside of insurance at this point because mm-hmm. I can feed my creative juices, whether it be through content creation or the podcast or whatever else. And the intellectual piece of it, you obviously have to know what you're doing to do this. I get the social interaction. So there's just really no reason for me to do that. It would never be a monetary reason that I would have a side hustle. It would be a fulfillment, something that I wasn't having done. So at this point, my side hustle is more, you know, volunteering, you know, and mm-hmm. getting involved with, and I don't post a lot of stuff about that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people who do really awesome things in the community and they share those things. I typically tend to, um, remain more silent about it because mm-hmm. I'm so vocal about everything else that I do that I have a feeling that a lot of people would perceive it as me just using it as a marketing tactic. And I don't ever want anybody to confuse my heart with my marketing plan. Right. So I just remain silent on a lot of the stuff that we do. But um, I know that y'all are heavily, heavily, heavily involved in community, um, that you're you're involved in in promoting diversity and things like that. So I'm going to ask you a question now. Um, and I ask it of any time that I have anybody that doesn't look like me on my podcast. OK, mm-hmm. I am the prototype of everything that's wrong with the insurance. I shouldn't say wrong, but everything that that needs to to change in the insurance industry, right? Yep. I'm a middle-aged white male. I own the agency. I'm not working for somebody. I mean, if you go, <laughs> if you go down the list, I am the problem, even though I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to look at me, I'm the problem. So my question to you is, is you and your wife, and I know you've had these conversations, and I'd be especially interested in her perspective. Um, shame on me for not telling her to be on here or asking her to be on here too. But <laughs> as, as, as you got, we're going through, as you've gone through it and she started building the agency and you came over and you started seeing it, how has the reception been to you? What has it been like dealing with trying to get carrier appointments or, you know, just, just talk to me a little bit about that because in my opinion, our issues that we face in this industry are never going to get solved if people mm-hmm. can't have a reasonable conversation about them. And, you know, I'm not saying we're back in the 1800s and dealing with, you know, the things that our country has gone through. It's actually much worse than that, in my opinion, because it's not as it's not out in front of you. It's not in, yep. in, in your face. Right. And I, I can tell you, I have a lot of friends that are African-American. I have a lot of friends that are Hispanic. And the one thing that I have heard, and a lot of other things too, I don't limit myself to those those two. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because all of my all my African American friends, when when you talk to them about race, racism, how things have held them back, discrimination, and all of that, the one thing I hear more than anything else is, "Listen, people are going to be who they are, and we're never going to yeah. change them." I just wish they would be 
open about it. I just, you know, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're, if you're going to discriminate against people, just be honest about it. Don't, yep. don't do it behind closed doors. Don't hide it. I mean, I, I think that, that we need to bring awareness. You can't, I think there's probably still a lot of people who don't think that the industry turns a blind eye to a lot of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there are people out there who don't think we have issues, but I can tell you, man, as somebody who has a unique perspective of being able to be in front of a lot of people at one time, when I go to conferences, I can tell you from looking out at everybody that I see, we still have a problem. Now I will say this, this last year when I was out, um, I saw more women at conferences than I've ever seen before. I, I, it blew my mind. There were a couple of them, um, probably the one in Oklahoma for sure, for the big eye of Oklahoma, they were loaded with ladies. They were probably two thirds women, wow. one third men in that conference. Um, and when I went to insurance soup live down in, um, Arlington, Texas, it was probably 50, 50, maybe, you know, plus or minus, but I was blown away at how many were there because we would go to conferences in the past, you know, pre COVID mm -hmm. and you wouldn't see anybody like you would, you would literally see maybe just a very small handful of agency owners or, or even women in the industry, depending on which conference it was that would be there. And I honestly think that COVID forced people to be isolated so much that they just wanted to be around other people that it broke down some of those barriers. Mm -hmm. And they finally said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go out and go to this conference this time because I've been cooped up for the last couple of years and they went out and it was an awesome thing. And every time I speak and I see, you know, that, that the audience is loaded with women or minorities, I'm going to point that out 100% mm -hmm. of the time. And I'm going to thank them for being there. And I'm going to point out the fact that everybody else should, should do the same. So talk to yeah, me as, about what, what that's like. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what kind of struggles you've been through or mm -hmm. anything, but I, I definitely want to hear the story. Man, it's, it's been a struggle. I'm glad that, that you mentioned that. It's something that my wife and I, we, we talk about and we want to, but not just talk about like, how can we, how can we be a change? How can we, we, how can we have that conversa conversation with other with all the folks? So I'm glad that that you that you. Well, you have two that, issues, man. right? You got to get your appointments, but then you want to make it easier for other people to get appointments. People. And I Appointment. and listen, all my carrier reps that drive around, tw you know, 20 hours a day listening to nothing but podcasts that are ready to send me hate mail. I'm not saying that carriers are being you know racially discriminatory or anything else. So please don't understand that carrier mm -hmm. appointments are hard for every agency to get. But I also want to bring up the fact that. Guys like Evans here, he doesn't have the resources at his fingertips that I have, right? I could walk into almost any room, and I'm not talking about David today. I'm talking about David 20 years ago. I could walk into about any room, have a few conversations, and I, I would have some luck at some point. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what you went, what you've gone through to build just, just to build it out. It doesn't have to be limited to like carrier appointments or anything else. The first thing, man, the first thing, like with the carrier appointment, like we I'm not bashing in carry. There's one carrier. I'm gonna give you an example that we we fought for for three years, three, like three, three, four years. So when we start the agency, uh, that carrier, like we send them paperwork, like we send everything that they, they want, they want us to, but they keep de declining us. Every time I put like the appointment, they keep declining us. So the thing is like, it's for you for, let, let's say for a white male, it's easier it's easier to get a point appointment. It's easier. Like, I'm just going to put it out. Uh, it's easier. But for people that look like me, for a, 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 a black person, it's harder. Cause well, not even just a black person, a black person, person it, with an it, accent who has would, a foreign heritage, right? Like you've got three it, strikes against you before you ever start. start. Yeah. So it was like, but we fought, we fought, for, we fought like the most, a lot of appointments that we got, we fought for them. Like we was not taking no for answer. But the one that we just got recently, uh, is that we fought for that one, but because of my wife mentor, it was a connection that got us the, the, the appointment, the appointment that we've been waiting for th for three, four years. It was a connection, but just another thing that I see is that, especially where, where I'm at, there's not a lot of people that look like us. So when a person, when I, when I, when we tell people that we, we are the CEO of the, of the, of the business, it's <laughs> like, they, it's like, like, 
Yeah, you what? got you got a CEO yeah, like, in your pocket. Yeah, you got like, some, you got something in your yeah, pocket. Yeah, pocket like yeah, it's like it's like they can't they can't believe it because they don't see they don't see that too often. So how can we how can we change that? Like how can we change like that's that's one of my things that I, I'm I'm pushing I'm pushing people. That's one gentleman I think I post that. There's one gentleman that came into my office and while we was having a conversation, he said he never met anybody that looked like me. That's a that that owned that insurance firm. That was that was crazy. So that means that representation matter. Even for, for women, my, my wife, she's she's co-founder of, of the agency. So she have we we like are uh, like we have to see more women in the insurance industry. We have to see more 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 African American and, and they say how can we how can we how can we do those things? Uh, but it's been hard. I'm not. I, I can't lie. I can't lie, David. If I say it, it's been hard, it's been hard from a carrier from even for you from your own people just to for them to accept that like yo you the you own your insurance firm you don't have to explain anything it's been hard but we know that from the start that it was gonna be hard no we know that like the the stack is against us it's not gonna we're not gonna stop no we're not we're not gonna stop so it, it has to change but how can we do that like we have to come at, as a people in the industry to give people more opportunity when I say opportunity, you say something like you would hire me on the spot. I like that. No, but how can we hire more people, more women like that? Now hire, hire them, but also mentor them, not just hire them, but also mentor them so they could have a, a successful business in this industry. I could tell you what this industry done for me, like done for my, done for my family, man. Like it's, I bought my first investment property because of this opportunity. Good a young you, kid, a young kid, a young kid from from Haiti. I bought my first property, investment property, because of this opportunity. I bought my first home because of this property. So I want people. I want people. I want my people to hear that kind of story, man. Like this thing could change your life. No, it's it's it, it it can, but they have they have to see it, and we have to make it a little bit easier on 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 individuals, especially open your own agency. Some carry they like, which I don't which in some point, like, I don't understand, like, cause for you to open your own agency, you have to have a book of business. You have to have a how do, book. How do you get a book of business if you don't business, have kids? That, that's what I'm saying. Like it, we gotta find a way for them to make it like it make, cause I know it's it, make it a little bit open, have an open-minded, uh, have an open-minded, but it, it's, it's going to change. It's going to take some time. Like, like uh, last time I had a conversation with Jason Cass, cause he was telling me back, when he was when he first started, like he didn't see a lot of women, like you, like you were saying in the industry. But now you see more women now in the industry. Um, but you will you will see more more millennials in this industry. Now you. Well, you I'll will tell see you what, that. man. And, and to that point, <clears throat> I by no means want to compare racial discrimination, um, sexual discrimination, or any of that to millennials, but. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think the industry is discriminatory towards millennials too. I really do. I, yep. I think, I think that, you know, again, it's, it's not really the guys that are in my chair as much as it is. Maybe the guys that are just a little bit older. And by the way, I'm saying guys, cause there aren't that many ladies of that age that yep. are running agencies for all the reasons we talked about, mm -hmm. but listen, man, I'll be honest with you. You know, my oldest son is 20. He'll be 21 in October and he's he's in the agency now and he has been for uh part time for 2 years full time for about a year and it has really opened my eyes to uh see how they think you know see mm -hmm. how kids i say kids he's a grown man now but to see how um his friends and his peers and all of all of the guys think and I think that a lot of times we forget how stupid we looked when we were in high school for starters, right? Like yep. we, we, we want to talk about how kids dress or their hairs cut or whatever else. All of a sudden we got a real, real bad long-term memory of what it was like when we were in high school. So take that and throw that out the window. I, I don't care what anybody looks like. I want to, I want to know what they, how they think. I want to know, you know, yes. that's it. I want to know what the grind is going to look like and that they've got the ability to plan and the level of discipline. So I don't care, you know, 
what they look like right now. I can, we can get past that and, and get them. We, we can get them cleaned up in where we want them to be. That's why you have mm-hmm. a dress code and grooming standards in your agency. I'm going to talk yep. to them. If they're serious about a job, then they're, they're going to follow the rules when they get here, but I'm not going to not talk to what could be my next great producer or the perpetuation plan for my agency just because of where they're at right now. And what I've found yep. is, um, you know, I think that that we come to the predisposition that many people are so caught up in online and their phones and communicating via Snapchat or DMs or this, that, mm-hmm. and the other, when in reality, um, yes, they communicate that way, but these these guys have good questions, man. Like they they do know how to think. Like they they yep. also graduated high school. They've also, in many cases, gone and graduated college. My son's not quite that old yet, but you know, I, I think we discriminate there too. And that's a mm-hmm. real shame because what's gonna happen is the people that aren't willing to listen, listen, listen. That's it. That's it. That, that's mm-hmm. what we have to do. We have to just maybe ask a question and then shut up and not tell them their answer is wrong before they ever get it out of their mouth. Just listen and let them complete their thought pattern. They'll be su- pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with the people that aren't willing to do that. Their agencies are going to die on the vine because they're not going to have anybody to backfill. Their valuation is going to start to go down. And then guys like me and you are going to be able to go in and gobble those agencies up not at a multiple, but in some cases a fraction mm-hmm. because they just never did anything to grow the agency. So, you know, and they weren't willing to look at it new and, and think out. I don't want to say think outside the box because it's how we should all be thinking in my opinion, but just not be open-minded enough to consider doing things that are different than what's always been done. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I know of a worse industry on the face of the earth. There may be some, but a worse industry for that just doesn't change, like doesn't change fast enough. Right. We've got all, like, I see all the things that have happened over the course of my lifetime, all the change that's developed everything. And I look at the insurance industry, I'm thinking, you know, fundamentally with the exception of a little bit of technology here, this thing's still the same as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's what we have to do. That's where the conversations need to start. And it's only going to happen through in my, again, hundred percent, my opinion, but we got to get diversity in the mix, yep. man. If, if yep. you have people, if you have this, I, I put a post on Twitter yesterday that said, if you carry the bricks of your past, you're going to build the exact same house in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, if the agency, conti- if, the, if the insurance world continues to do things the same way that they've always done them, how are we ever going to get change? And I True. think there's a lot of things that you can talk about, you know, and we've talked about some of it this morning that people just want to brush under the mat and hope, oh, well, it'll just go away. No. I know, no. I know after spending not just about 45 minutes with you, that you ain't ever going to let anybody brush you under a mat, man. You're not no. going to go away. No. You're going to get stronger and stronger yep. and stronger yep. at what you do. And I mean, that's why it's just, it's easier just to table everything and say, look, how do we make this happen? So my question is, how do we bring awareness? I do everything I can on this podcast to try and promote diversity, equality, everything that we can, but I'm only one dude, man. I bring it up when I speak in public, you know, I, I, anywhere I can, I, it, it's, it's representative in the demographic of my team. How does everybody else do this though? I mean, I can't, I mean, I can talk about it. I can put it out there and let people see, wow, this guy's actually doing exactly what he says he does. But again, I'm only one person. How do we take this thing and get a mass movement? Man, you just got to get around, like just get around other leaders. Like that's, that's that like, that don't look like you. Uh, one, one of the person that, uh, that I admire is that uh, Ngozi. Ngozi, she's like, she's like the, the, I'm, I'm going to Martin- be talking to her. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Martin Luther King of, 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 of the entrance industry. And uh, she's been, a big blessing for us. So people like that, you, you start talking, you, you start like hands to hands to see how can we change this? Because it's not going to, it's not, it's going to take many, many people to put like, they have, first we have to change our mindset. The mindset have to change and we have to give people opportunity also too. not just the mindset, but give people uh, opportunity and, and being real, being real to people. Like, cause in the past people like by being who I am, People hurt me. People take advantage of me just because because I'm because of my skin color. No, plus I have an accent. No, people take advantage of, of, of that. So we just gotta be be real, be honest, upfront. Like this conversation gotta 
if I'm going to hire somebody, I got to put leave, put everything on the table, not two or three years from now. Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't No, everything, put everything on the table and get, go, get around other leaders that's doing it already. So that's why I mentioned Ngozi because she's, she's, she's one of, one of the few that's the industry that that's pushing it, that's pushing this thing. But how but here's we... the thing, man. This is what I'm going to challenge you on, okay? And 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 I mean, absolutely no disrespect to you and Gozi, anybody else. Actually, I'm going to sidetrack for a second. I don't know Ngozi yet. She's scheduled. I'm going to talk to her too. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I I'm going to talk to her uh, maybe in another week or two. But I can tell you, I follow her on social, and there's there's two things that I can tell you I'm going to see about her every single time. Number one. She's got to be wearing colorful glasses. And number two, <laughs> she's always going to have a smile on her face. face she is yep. all she has got to be one of the happiest people I've ever met. Now, she may go home and, and you know, beat her dog or something. I, I don't know that, but I, I, I highly doubt, I highly doubt it. You know, she just seems like she's overflowing with joy, happy, putting herself out there. But what I'm going to challenge you on is you're not the one that's got to drive the change, man. You're the one who needs the change to be driven and you want to assist in that. It's the guys like me that are listening to this podcast right now that need to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make a commitment this year. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to be inclusive and diverse. I'm going to open my mind and think differently. And, you know, I went through an interesting experience. It was probably been five or six years ago now. And again, it's nothing compared to what a lot of people have been through, but it was an eye-opening experience to me that gave me just a little bit of insight into what it would feel like to be a minority or be mm-hmm. discriminated against. And I'll never forget this. We were driving home from, uh, from Key West. We were hungry. The kids were hungry. And we stopped at a Taco Bell that was right between Miami and Homestead, Florida. And mm-hmm. I, I told my wife and kids, don't worry about coming in. I'll just, I'm going to go in and, and go to the bathroom, wash my hands. I'll order. Um, and then we can, we can eat on the road. I didn't want to lose a bunch of time eating inside. And so I walk in and I look like a light bulb, man. I was the only white dude in there and I'm six, four. So I stuck out (laughs) like a sore thumb. Everybody in that restaurant knew that I was in that restaurant and they knew that I was going to order food and they needed to help me. And you know what? Every single one of them ignored me. Like I never stood there. And I watched people walk in that had come after me. They got called Mm. up to the register to have their order taken. And I'm look. I went to I went to Birmingham Southern. Okay, I graduated from a liberal arts college. I graduated from a liberal arts college that is literally at the heart of the civil rights movement district Mm -hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where everything started to go down. And I didn't just go to college in that environment. I went to college in that environment because I screwed up my my first time and I had I took a couple of years off. And like you, I went back, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I went, but I went at night. I was running grocery stores all day, 80, 90 hours a week and going to college full time at night. But when you go into at night, you're in the adult studies program. And it's the best mm-hmm. thing that ever could have happened to me because here I am at 22, 23 years old, um, you know, still very wet behind the ears. I have a, I, I do have a good job for my age and I'm making really good money for my age, but life hasn't really kicked my butt yet. You know, it, it had to, to in, in some cases, but I would go to class at night and because of the tuition reimbursement programs that they had available, there was a ton of mid-level management from companies like Southern Natural Gas, Alabama Power, Bell South, big companies. And so my college experience wasn't just me sitting in a court, which I did take this class. Uh, I took several on race and ethnic relations. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a college that's in the middle of the civil rights movement <laughs> with the very people who were involved in the civil rights movement. You're talking mm-hmm. about people that were in their mid forties, mid fifties at that time. And that put them right in the middle of the marches mm-hmm. and in the, mm-hmm. and everything else. And the discussion that you hear and the fact that they can take what you see on the news or you read in a newspaper or you read in a book, if it's historical and you get the human perspective of that, and you can just sit there and listen to the stories 
and think, how is that even possible in a country like the United States mm-hmm. in, in the 20th century? This is crazy to think that we're even going through this unfathomable. Mm-hmm. And for a split second, when I was standing there in the lobby of that Taco Bell being ignored and people obviously knowing I was there, I have a flashback and I think, my goodness, this is just a small sampling of what that feels like. What does that look like in the insurance industry, people? That looks like somebody like Eben's going to a conference Mm. and people not coming up and shaking his hand and introducing themselves and getting to know him and ask how Mm. they can help. And that happened between me and you at Brainshare last year, man. You were somebody that I wanted to make sure I introduced myself to and I let my time get away from me and I never forgave myself for not making that connection in person. So if, if for, if for you can share a story about listening to my podcast, you know, I'm not making that up because you know, I was there and you know, you were there and you know, we didn't yeah. talk and that was, and, and talk, I wouldn't yeah. remember. And, and honestly, I go to so many conferences. If that wouldn't have made an impact on me, I would never have remembered it, something like that to, to bring up to you today. And you probably never even thought it, maybe you did, maybe you didn't think anything of it, but that's the little stuff include people. You know, if I'm going to dinner with a group at a conference, conference one night, ask somebody to go with you that you haven't met before, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying that you need to make it, you know, a hundred percent about going out minorities. If you're an outsider, you're an outsider. It doesn't feel good no matter what, what it is. So, I mean, that's how change happens, man. It's not, it's not the, it's not in the, Hey, let me get up and deliver a powerful speech. Yes, that works, but it's the Mm -hmm. little decisions that we can make every single day. And that's how you know how people think and how they're wired. It's the it's yep. the the pronoun, not pronoun in the sense of um, you know the he him stuff, but it's it's the pronouns that they use when they talk about other people. It's people, how they yep. describe them. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you hear them talk about the the white guy that's the top producer in the office, that the absolute best, and he's awesome. And oh yeah, Ebens works here too. He does okay. Meanwhile, you know, <laughs> you're like you're like. $200 in revenue away from that producer a year, you're equally as good, but completely dismissed. And so that's my challenge for the people that are listening to this. What are you going to do today? Now, I'm not talking about what are you going to do tomorrow? Cause you may not have tomorrow. What are you going to do today okay. to make that impact? What is the, what are the little decisions that you can make as you go on this journey that are going to further inclusion? Because the one thing I can say, nobody in this world likes to be left out. Nobody. No, nope. nope. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be picked last on the playground mm-hmm. at school. You know, nobody, nobody wants to sit at home alone on Friday night because nobody asks them out on a date. Nobody wants to go to the school dance by themselves and watch everybody else have a good time. Mm-hmm. Be that person that reaches out and includes somebody. Sometimes it's as simple as opening a door and smiling and, and saying yep. good morning. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that hard, man. It's yep. not that hard. And, you know, I look back and those are things, you know, where if I'm having a bad day, God puts somebody in front of me that's having a, a bad life. You know, <laughs> you know we, we, we we look at it and, and you know, my, my youngest son has very significant special needs and there is a lot of work involved in that. Um, I'm actually interested in doing some sort of a study at some point to find out the correlation between the level of business success of people and whether or not they have a child of special needs, because I think that special needs parents are just built different. And different, our kids yeah. are, are, we are blessed with our children because of that. Um, certainly we're conditioned over time, but you know, I, I look at all of that stuff and I think, you know, I'm having, if Ethan has a bad morning and he throws a fit and he, I drop him off at school and I'm like, Oh gosh, I can't stand that kid. What a nightmare, <laughs> you know, because we have those mornings. I'm man enough to admit it. And I'll pull in uh, to work and there's a a behavioral, uh, a a school for kids with behavioral problems across the street. And I'll see one of those kids getting wheeled in. It's not just behavioral problems, it's other things too, but I'll see a kid getting wheeled in in a wheelchair that, you know, is is quadriplegic for all practical purposes, nonverbal. And I'm thinking to myself, that that could have been me, you know, that that, mm -hmm. could have been me. And that yep. person is looking at somebody and saying, man, I know I, I I know I probably didn't get the hand I wanted in life, but good grief. I could have been that guy over there. Yep. Look how bad, you know, don't do that. I mean, don't don't let your day rule your life in terms of if you have a bad moment, 
let it fester and, and run your entire day. There's always somebody out there who has it worse. There's always somebody mm-hmm. out there True. that it's harder for. Do True. what you can to make their life easier. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. be a good person for all practical purposes. That's that's what I believe. You know, just just be the person that you should be. And I'm not, you know, I could go all day on this, but as we wrap up, man, how can people help you? You know, you've got, you've got the agency running. I know you're, what are the other, I know you're a DJ too, man, but what is, what's the other stuff you have your, uh, your hands in? Um, so I mean, I'm talking a, I'm about a, some of the community involvement. I know you're doing some stuff within Gozi, but this is the chance, man. Plug it. You got 25,000 people listening to you, man. Uh, stuff that we're doing in Gozi is like just partnering up with what she's doing. Like, uh, she's doing a black Friday. So we was part of that. Um, last, it was last August. She was, she did a black Friday where she, she have, she have other carriers that come in and what, what made her things different is that. You have to present to those carriers your story. They have to hear about your story, um, not just paperwork. They have to hear about your story, how you start your agency and, and everything. So we partner up with, with, with her to push that for uh, uh, a lot more, so other people could get other people could get uh, direct appointment easier. So we we partner up. With, we're doing that with her, and we have some other uh, other stuff that that we're working on, man. Like some other stuff, some cool stuff, some cool stuff that we're working on. It's gonna be. It's gonna we're gonna make this thing because with insurance, we know it like people call it boeing. We wanna make this it's th- this thing sexy and attractive, attractive yeah, to more people, this, man. We wanna make this like, a destination, man. Sin. You know what so, I mean? We want it to be a destination. We want this to be an industry people want to come into. Now, yep. part of me doesn't because if we get too many people in here and uh, you know what I'm saying, but you know, that's one of the reasons why we also go and, and bring in college interns. Like I will yes. always bring in a college intern. Um, and again, we had a really, really good intern last year. She was fantastic, but also a millennial, mm-hmm. also just incredibly intelligent, asked tons of questions. And here's the thing, always wants feedback. That's that's the thing I think that that we miss is it's not just it's not just including these people, you know, these, these millennials and and getting their thoughts, but it's actually giving them feedback on their work Mm -hmm. product. Tell them how they're doing. My son's the same way, man. Like I never needed that. Like I didn't care. Like I, I, if I, if I did a job, I knew I did my best and me doing my best was good enough. Right. There was never a time that it wasn't good enough. Um, win, lose or otherwise, but you know, I think that that so that makes it difficult for me. But the more that I'm around kids that are my older two boys' age, the more I realize they just want to know they're doing things right. They right. they want to yep. know they're appreciated. I mean, that doesn't cost us anything. You know? no, I mean, it, it does a couple I, of minutes. It it, do, it doesn't because I have, I have two little ones. I have a, my my boys who's who's five, and my daughter just turned four. So like I like my like especially my both of them. Like they want to get, even as a kid, like they want to get feedback. Like, yo, daddy, I'm doing this right. Like I'm doing this right. Like, so like we got to do these things, like these small things. Um, But we have a lot of stuff that, that's coming. That's going to be really nice, really nice for this industry just to make it attractive. Um, So, but it's just. So I'm going I'm to cut a deal with you right now, man. When you're ready to, to lay all that out, I want you to come back and share it with everybody. I got you. I got you. When the, when the stuff coming up, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to push your pride, but when, when stuff hits, hits and you're ready to, to, uh, Hey man, I'm going to talk to you like a DJ when the beat drops, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when it hits, I want you to come back on and I want you to share with everybody and keep this dialogue going deal. I, de- I definitely will. Thank you. That's a deal. That's a deal. Awesome, man. How yep. can they get a hold of you? I know that we got people on here that are listening, that have struggled, that are still struggling. I know that you have been motivational and inspirational to them to hear, yeah, you can, you can do this, right? Yes, I mean, you can. I, I tell people all the time, if I can, anybody can, but they don't believe me. They're gonna believe you, man. So how do they get a hold of you if they just want to reach out and connect? Reach reach out to me like Instagram, uh, my first name, my last name, Ebens Gene. LinkedIn, first thing, uh, same thing, Ebens um Gene. Um, Facebook, same thing. Which platform I'm on? Um, and you could give me a call. Just Google my guy. Google just, him. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just Google me. Um, He's got enough metadata on the internet. It's going to populate a Google search. I can promise you. Yeah. And you could reach like, yeah, well, you already know that. Like one on website, one way insurance group.com uh, phone number um, 302-321-6727. 
Uh, I could be rich at, at, just reach out to me, reach out to me. I, I'm there. Um, but no, no, thank you. But I uh, thank you. I like, like this been, this been a really, really great conversation, man. So Appreciate last that. question I have for you before I let you go, do you know my guy, J rod, do you know Jason Rodriguez there in Delaware? Yes, I do. I do. And you guys are connected. We we are like his part, his partner live in the same, same town as me. So we okay. we're like, we do, we do some stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Sounds yep. good, man. Yep. I just want to make sure because he's doing some really cool stuff with prominent right now where he's offering uh, opportunities to franchise his brand yes. to bring minorities in. And I think it's an outstanding idea. So if you yes, guys it, weren't connected, I wanted to make sure you were. But yep, I had yep. a figure. I had a feeling. I mean, Delaware is not that big. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Everybody know everybody in Delaware. So. I hear you. I hear you. Well, yeah. listen, my man, I really appreciate you coming on and look forward to this episode getting out. And if there's ever anything that I can do for you, please. All my resources are at your disposal, whatever that means. But please feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to do everything I can to help you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, man. All right, brother. Take care, man. Right. We'll see you. You too. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes. And our website, killingcommercial.com.